Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G. and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Dr. Amanda Barrientes. Dr. Amanda, are you ready to do this? I am ready to jam. I like it. Let's 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 go. Amanda is a PhD. She's the founder and CEO of NFA Money. She's helping people overcome competing commitments that keep them unconsciously stuck so they can become financially free. She's the host of the Max Potential Money podcast and YouTube channel. Again, I'm excited to have you on. Amanda, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, such a such a big question. I feel like I could do a, at least a two-hour conversation about it, but I'll be fast. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's interesting. I think we always take some pretty winding roads to get where we are, and I would have never in a million years guessed that I would be where I am right now. Uh, you know, now I do business consulting with entrepreneurs, helping them overcome money blocks, and it started with me crying on the floor about my relationships. And so I had left my 15-year marriage after having an affair, and my le- next relationship wasn't working out. I had very few relationship skills, and that left me with three kids facing homelessness in grad school, trying to figure out how to make ends meet. And I was on the floor crying one night, and I thought, hmm, what's the common denominator here? And I realized it's me. <laughs> and so I decided in that moment, I'm, I got to do whatever it takes to get out of this reality. This is me. I got to fix myself. And I turned to podcasts and because, you know, I didn't have a lot of money and I was very, very busy. So I would listen to podcasts everywhere I went, like riding my bike to school, taking my kids to school, cleaning the dishes. And I just was downloading as much as I could into my brain. And it all started to work. And I really started to have some big shifts. And then I realized that all the podcasts I was listening to were done by coaches and consultants. And I thought, huh, there's something to this coaching and consulting thing. And so I started seeking that out. And toward the end of my education in grad school, I decided I'm going to take the leap and go for it and start my own business. And I had a couple months of money saved up, which at the time I didn't need a lot of money to live because I lived very simply. And I took the leap and I decided, okay, I'm going to go for it. And if I can't figure out how to make it fly, I'll just, you know, get a job. But I really didn't want to. And so I went all the way. And in my first year, I made six figures. So it's been history ever since then. And just learning more and more. And that relationship entry ended up turning into realizing, oh, you can focus on money and relationship skills and things can really change. And so that's what I love to work with people on now is how to, how really I, my favorite thing is to help people find what they love to do and make money doing it. Well, I think that that's, uh, that is, I, I appreciate you sharing the story. When, when, when you look back on that, on that, for lack of a better term, that, that, that moment, do you think about it as being a rock bottom? Oh yeah. Yeah. I felt pretty bad. Hmm. <laughs> I was very, very scared and I felt very alone and I felt, yeah, scared and alone, I think were the predominant feelings in that time. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that. Um, looking back on it, do you feel like, like you could be where you are today without hitting that rock bottom? <laughs> Such a great question, right? Always. You know, no, I think it's really important 
to face your, am I, am I allowed to swear on sure. here? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you really got to face your shit. And, and, you know, a key takeaway for everyone listening is that you've got to become radically responsible for your reality. So I've come to learn that your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. And if you don't like what you're seeing on the outside, you've got to start working on what's within. And that was intriguing to me because I was a sociologist. And as a sociologist, you're taught that everything is about a macro system of oppression. You know, so I'm like a Native American woman. I'm a first gen grad. I'm a first gen college student and I had all these things working against me that I'm single mom and just all these things and I thought well I'm never going to be able to get unstuck from this so I had a really victim-minded mentality that everything outside of me was dictating my reality and when I realized oh I actually could change the things that are going on for me and I started to take action in that direction I, things really did start to change and I went wait a second I need to rethink everything here and I realized that you know I if you are radically responsible and you decide to change it's 100% possible nothing is ever as simple as one action but does <laughs> does a lot of it come down to the recognition of that and then actually making that shift toward I, I I have been viewing myself as a victim and I'm here because of outside forces too. No, maybe, but in order for me to change this, I need to begin taking radical responsibility. Yeah, I, I like what you're saying about how it's never just one simple, you know, situations are always much more complex and it's not like, oh, I had this moment and then everything changed for me magically. It was a lot of shifting my belief systems. But I would say that it was that initial moment for me where I realized okay, I'm the only one who's going to change this. No one's coming to save me. Mm. No one's going to come and pick me up off the ground and fix everything that's going on. I'm the only person that can do that. And that was huge, you know, having that revelation. And it was really interesting because at the time I was doing life history interviews with incarcerated men and they were in a rehab program and they were, they actually were a huge contribution to teaching me that because they would talk I, I kept asking them questions about change. Like, what is it that makes you change? And they said it's it was the decision in the moment that I'm the only one that can change myself. And I kept, you know, it really stuck with me. And so when I was having this moment of feeling bad for myself, those guys actually pulled me up to realize you, if you're victim-minded, you're always going to stay in a victim state. Life history interviews with incarcerated men. What an experience. Oh, yes. Super life-changing. <laughs> Gosh, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I am the only one who is going to... So whatever the circumstances, if I am a victim of oppression, if I am the victim of, of many, many things, that 100% that, that, that could be true, but I am also the only one who is going to be able to make these changes. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of my favorite mentors who I ran on, into really early in my process, he says, you can never be a master of your destiny if you're a victim of your history. Mm. And it's John Martini, a super powerful statement to me. And that's, you know, that was something that really guided my life in that moment where it's like, okay, if I want to change the future, I can't be stuck in the past of my of whatever victimization I feel like I've experienced. And I really had to change my mindset around this and go, okay, that all those things might have happened. I might have had a really hard life 
lots of things stacked against me in certain ways. And what am I going to do about it now? Because all you really have is the present moment to change and then your future will change. But if you stay stuck in the history of your victimization or your feeling of oppression or marginalization or fear, doubt, uncertainty, all those things, you can never change your future. And so you've got to just take it, you know, no matter where you're at, let's say, you know, maybe you're on a spectrum, you weren't on food stamps and facing homelessness. So, you know, I was starting a pretty low place and I could change it. Let's say I'm starting even further along, you can still change it. You can always up-level your life, I believe. You know, I don't really think we ever fully get all the way there where we're like enlightened beings just, you know, sitting on a cloud and blissed out. <laughs> I think it's more of a an ongoing journey. Yeah, I think that that's right. So when, when, when you are working with what I assume to be um, – from the outside looking in, successful people who are entrepreneurs who are owning their business, but they still have these 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 money blocks. How how are you taking what we've just been talking about and 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 applying that with them? Yeah, so something I came to understand working with a lot of different people, mostly entrepreneurs, because I would go to all these networking events to find clients and they always ended up being entrepreneurs. And then I started realizing like, oh, I'm pretty good at helping people refine their businesses and find what they love to do. And I saw something that kept coming up over and over again, and it was these unconscious blocks that were keeping people stuck. So it was the things, it, what I call it is competing commitments. So I came up with this term because I kept seeing it again and again, and it's based out of Carl Jung's quote, which I absolutely love. He says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Hmm. And so in mindset work, we're constantly focusing on mindfulness and going, okay, how can we bring the unconscious conscious so that you can then at least face it and decide what you want to do with it instead of pretending that there's this invisible force running your life. So in competing commitments, it's where you might say one thing and have different results than what you're saying you want. You know you have a competing commitment. And this happens in relationships, money, business, I mean, health every area of life. And so what I started to see was that entrepreneurs have very consistent ones that have to do with money. And it, it, it turns out to be these battles with your feelings and your underlying beliefs about money and what your results are. So things like thinking, oh, if, I, if you ultimately think money is bad, you're going to have a hard time making money because you don't want to become something you think is bad. And, and that can show up like, oh, well, it's not spiritual to have a lot of money, or, oh, it's better to give than to receive, or, oh, I just I just want to be in service of people. I don't care about money. You know, somewhere in there, then you have a belief that you don't deserve to make a lot of money doing what you love. And so I started to pick that apart and go, huh, there's some pretty common patterns here. And then another one is that money is scarce. So there's never enough, no matter how hard I work, there's never enough. If I have a lot, I'm scared it's going to go away that kind of thing. Like there's never going to be enough business. And then the third one is that money causes stress. And this one, I, I have had a lot of people go through my money blocks profile now. And the most common one is that money causes stress. And this one looks like you think you have to work super hard to make money or you avoid money altogether because it causes you stress. So you go, I don't want to look at it. I'd rather just avoid it. I'd rather have someone else deal with it. I'm not really sure what's going on with it. You're not tracking it. So that could be an underlying fear that, oh, money causes stress, so I'm just going to avoid it. Or it's that belief like, oh, no, if I'm at $100,000 and I want to make a million dollars, I've got to work 10 times as hard. No possible way can I do that. So I start to pick those apart with people and dig into those competing commitments and help them understand what those underlying beliefs are. 
That's really powerful. I, I I like that idea of competing commitments, and I mean, it's just it's just fundamentally true, right? I I yeah. may I may intellectually say, yeah, oh, I, I definitely I I'm going to 10x. I want to make a million bucks. This is what I want to do, and maybe even put together a plan and goals. But if we are not digging in and making sure that 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 my operating system or my soul or or or, or my real unconscious beliefs. If those aren't aligned, if in fact they're contrary, then there's just probably very, very little chance that I'm actually going to get to where I want to go. Yeah, exactly. And the reason is because 95% of us is run by our unconscious. So if, if 95% of you is like, I, you're full of crap, <laughs> but 5% of you wants it, the 95% is going to win every time. Right. Like no matter how bad you want it or how many yeah. <laughs> strategies and, or tactics that you implement or new programs that you buy and this, that, and the other thing, if it's not if you're not doing the work of actually digging into that unconscious, then it's just, it's just, it's just not going to work. Exactly. Hmm. Do, uh, do, do you run into people thinking that that's kind of wooey ever, or, you know, are you able to, how does that work if they're not familiar with this? <laughs> I'm giggling cause I have, <laughs> I, I, my, my next, shift is to write a whole bunch of books and one of them is called woo woo works <laughs> nice. and it's funny because i never in a million years when i said that at the beginning all the twisting winding roads that take us places that we never would have thought we would be i would never in a million years think i'd be like oh i'm a manifestation business consultant <laughs> it kind of cracks me up and i go well it works you know I, what we're talking about really is quantum physics so when you get down to the nitty-gritty we're talking about quantum physics we're talking about metaphysics physics cause yeah I mean just like lifelong the most hardcore scientists are studying you know what what makes what where where do we come from where do we go what is it that makes us alive and then we're starting to have measures for frequency and vibration and those kind of things so yes I dig way into the woo world and what I really like to do is make it practical so that everyday people can believe in it and and practice things that they can just implement on it in a simple way and see evidence of it being true and then go like huh there's something to this and then they take it to the next level and so because you got to have some of that belief by another Otherwise, you're just like, oh, this is full of this. This is baloney, and I'm not gonna even buy into it. And so you got to start to see some evidence of it working in your life and your business, and then you go, wait, there's something to this. So I, you know, I don't tend to end up meeting too much resistance, probably because I attract people who are interested in knowing more about it, and that's why. And I would love for the world to know about the law of attraction and just go and really buy into it because no matter what, whether you believe it or not, you are attracting through your beliefs. You just are either attracting things you really want to consciously attract or you're attracting things you think you don't want to attract <laughs> because yeah. you're thinking about them a lot. So a good example would be if you're hyper-focused on making more money. So maybe, maybe you're like, oh, I got to pay my bills. I've got to make more money. But what you're focused on is the lack of making money actually. And so I help people shift their direction of attention and focus and energy toward the fun of making money versus the fear of being in debt because it's all the law of attraction. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, I imagine that that's probably a major stumbling block that people are thinking that, well, I'm, 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 I'm doing the right things and I'm, I'm thinking about how much I want money and I'm trying to attract it in. But in fact, you're thinking about how much you want money, but it's because you are terrified because you're, yeah. you're, 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 you're in that lack. Totally. 
yeah, your whole being is focused on the fear of not having enough. And so you keep getting more of that because more of you is focused on that part than on the part of, of what you actually want to create, which is more money. <laughs> how, how often do you find that you need to and that the people that you're working with need to be revisiting and, and thinking about this? It's probably a very relative thing. Um, or is it something that, that, that you can fix and then you don't need to think about it anymore? You're asking such good questions. Um, you know, people ask this a lot, and it's a it's an important question because I think sometimes people think, oh, once I get there, everything will be awesome. And then the there is like, oh, I'm, I'm good at all these things, and I have a certain amount of money in the bank. And that is never true, right? Is everywhere you go, there you are. And you're only going to be able to expand to the level of your inner power, let's say. You know, and you're going to have new money blocks at every single level of breakthrough that you have. So, for example, let's say you break through, you're like, oh, cool. Let's say you're single and you break through the level and you're like, I can pay my bills and I have money coming in. And then all of a sudden you, you get into a relationship. Now you got to deal with your partner's money blocks. <laughs> then you have kids. Oh, now you got to deal with parental money blocks. Oh, then you start a business and you break through to, let's say, all of a sudden you have enough money to leave your job. And then you've got to deal with the fear of not having the security of the job. And then you break through the $100,000 mark and then you go, oh, you got to break through now getting to the million dollar mark. So there's always new money blocks that come up. The thing is that uh, what I like to do is, as a sociologist, I was a, a researcher, so I was always looking for patterns in society. And so I just used that research and looked at patterns within you know, entrepreneurship and the way that money blocks show up. And I took the top three that I could find over and over and over again. And those are the three that will continuously show up just in different contexts of your life as you leap to the next level of growth. Nice. I love it. Well, Dr. Amanda, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Awesome. Okay. So I would say the number one thing to remember is that you're the creator of your reality. So if you don't like what you're seeing on the outside, remember to start working on what's within. If you can really remember that, that is your goldmine. Well, I think that, that is great stuff. That definitely gets Come on. Come on. Yes, you are the creator of your reality. You need to make sure that what is inside, that's, that's, that, 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 that's really going to be the key. Love it. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? I would say the best place to start is to go to my Money Blocks profile. So go to moneyblocksprofile.com. So www.moneyblocksprofile.com and they'll get their Money Blocks profile and they'll get a whole bunch of cool information and then access to me. Um, if they want to listen to my podcast, it's Max Potential Money and that's also on YouTube as well. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Amanda your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to moneyblocksprofile.com and take advantage of that resource. Check out the Max Potential Money podcast and find it on YouTube as well. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Amanda. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.